Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy, and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we're going to talk about back pain and exercises for back pain, what causes back pain, all things back pain, because there is an interesting statistic here that 80% of people at some point in their lives on this planet will suffer with back pain. So it's common, but what we always say is it's not normal. So it's not normal to be in pain, but it is very common. So Dan, shall we dive in? Yeah, this is a good topic because like you said, there's many, many people suffer back pain at least once in their life and often for quite a long period. And it's something which I've suffered with in the past and uh, kind of currently as well, do go through periods of back pain. So we'll try and give people the reasons why it's you're going to have back pain and how to avoid it and how to get out of back pain. So it's often a kind of a misnomer that people just back pain is expected when you get old and things like that, but it's mm-hmm. not. Again, that's common, but that's not normal. And you don't just have to take painkillers to get rid of the pain. There's some really simple solutions. So yeah, we'll, we'll give you some advice and try and get you out of back pain because it's it's very it's like it's exhausting when your back hurts because it's involved in everything. So yeah. any advice we, we can give to people, I'm, I'm sure it's going to go down a tree. Touch wood. I've never really had bad back pain. Um, I have had hip pain. And that was one of the reasons why I started doing Pilates, but not back pain. But I know that from my clients who've suffered from it, they said that it's worse than having a baby. <laughs> it's one of the worst types of pain that they could have. So yeah, like you say, it's only when something goes wrong with your body that you realize how much you actually value and need that piece of your body and how much it's interlinked with the rest of your system, isn't it? It's all linked together. Yeah. And it's not just kind of modern medicine and science and health that talks about back pain. There's an old ancient Chinese proverb. I think Joseph Pilates said it as well as you are only as old as your spine. Mm. And, and that's true if because everything originates from the spine and the brain. So the, the brain goes down, then at the brain stem, then at the spinal cord and everything else just works off that. So if something's not working in your spine, chances are you're going to feel pain somewhere else. So it should be top priority when it comes to exercise. And conversely, if you're struggling with pain somewhere, go to the spine first. And if something's going wrong, then I know you might have a pain in your foot, but you might do an adjustment on your spine and it might take the pain away. Mm-hmm. That's how important it is. Understandably for some people, it can get quite complex as well when you start talking about the spine and stuff, but there are some kind of relatively simple blanket solutions, which people will be able to, will be able to help them. So that's, that's probably where we're going to come from, isn't it? Yeah. We've got our top exercises to um, explain in a bit. But let's just think a little bit. I've got some stats here for you. I'm, I'm all in the stats today, aren't I? Starlow et al. in 2014 um, did the survey of people. And these are the results. 60% of people think the risk of exercise outweighs the benefit. This is for when they have a bad back. 69% of people think they should take it easy when they've got a bad back. 94% think lifting without bending knees is not safe for their back. That's a high percentage of people, isn't it? 59% people think pain with activity should be avoided in the future. And 35% of people think bed rest is the main treatment for a bad back. All of those are false. 
But how many people think lifting without bending the knees is not safe? It's like, I find that with um, people in general, they think that their spine is quite an unstable structure. It's actually one of the most well-designed things in the universe, one of the well-designed, um, one of the most stable structures. It's really hard to to actually injure your back, isn't it? Yeah, and your body will do everything to protect the spine as well. Yeah. Even like moving the body into slightly more unnatural positions to protect the spine to get you out of pain mm. we shouldn't be surprised really because there is a lot of misinformation and the the more you talk to people and get surveys a lot of people are misinformed and it's kind of not their fault because when you grow up and you get taught things through school education you don't get taught these things you don't get taught how to move you get taught really how to sit down for, for the majority of your yeah. your life so it's it's kind of not a surprise so the spine is like a shock absorber in our bodies. It's, it's spring-like, isn't it? And um, I would also include like the jaw, so the, from the TMJ right at the top, so your jawbone, down to the tailbone, yeah? So TMJ to tailbone, that would be my definition of the start and end of your spine. Um, a lot of jaw problems can be linked into neck and shoulder problems as well, can't they? So that, that would be included in the spine. So, yeah, I think that, like you say that, you know, the um, spine is a safe structure and it's really well protected, but people do get into these patterns, don't they, of um, restricted movement because they go into pain with it. Don't you agree? Yeah, particularly sitting down. And then when they do get a bad back, they think any sort of activity is going to make it worse. But really it's the sitting down, which has probably caused it. So you, you sit down and you put your spine in an unnatural position for, for too long of a period anywhere. And yeah. then it stiffens up and the muscles around it stiffen up. So then it's kind of understandable that you think any type of activity is going to make it worse because you feel so stiff that it's hard to get going again. Mm-hmm. So you need, to, you need to get some kind of more gentle movement in your life. Um, things like Pilates, zone exercises, stretching, Feldenkrais, Tai Chi. That's a really good place to start off. Just get some really natural flow and gentle movements get that synovial fluid into the spine relax those Mm. muscles bring the stress down and then you can build up to doing some more maybe intense exercise but even before that you should look to stop sitting as much really um and then if you do get injured like just be then having bed rest is the worst thing because the spine wants to move movement is life there's and the body wants to pump so um, but yeah, it, it comes from a long history of misinformation about that. I was going to say that the spine does act as a pumping mechanism as well. And that's linked to breathing as well. Um, so I've been doing a bit of a course on women and back pain. And it may surprise you to know that women's back pain is often driven by different things than men's back pain. So for women, their back pain is normally linked to one of the following. The bladder, the bowel, breathing incorrectly or pelvic pain so we've got different drivers to men men's is usually uh, well men don't tend to have as much bowel and bladder problems than the women do um, or pelvic problems because of course we've got more going on down there with having babies and things and, and that's another thing that can affect women's spines they get pulled out of alignment by pregnancy and often we just expect women to just jump back into everyday life but their whole system uh, their center of balance has been altered and everything so it's taken that time after pregnancy to get yourself back into 
um, correct alignment. So alignment is pretty much key, isn't it, for men and women? Yeah, and I think we mentioned on a different podcast as well, we spoke about the the Native American tribes and civilizations where the, the women, it was kind of a, a native law to some degree. The women weren't allowed to have a child within three years of having the previous child because they wanted the body to recover properly because they realized how stressful ah. it was on all the systems, obviously including the spine. Yeah. So they thought if they had a, a baby straight away after they already had one, the body hadn't recovered enough and it would you would then give birth to, um, how do I put it, a, a less healthy baby, essentially, because the body was under stress. So ah. it's, um, it kind of it makes sense, doesn't it? I think a lot of those ancient um, tribes, they had more of a connection with the body and the earth and, and how things work. So, and with modern science, we just try and disprove everything and give people drugs to get away from that. So, take a pill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know how I love all that evolution of things. It's all good. Like they carry their babies around for much longer as well. Then that probably helps them to realign their spine as well, if you think about it, because they put, wrap their babies around the back, don't they, when they get mm. heavier. My cousins were born in Botswana and the. Elizabeth, who was their, their maid, used to just carry them around with her every, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> they just get wrapped and, uh, yeah, wrapped up tight and then put them on their back. So, yeah, and you see those ladies in Africa as well, and they've got perfect postures because they carry those big water things on their heads oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. and all their shopping. When you go to a supermarket in Botswana, the, you know how they pack the boxes, the ladies just put them straight on their head and off they go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, I've never seen it kind of uh firsthand but in this country as well we do a kind of um all around the world uh, a lot of dance coaches and, and posture coaches do it yeah to try and correct people's posture and stuff but if they do it naturally no wonder they have beautiful posture and yeah. I, I imagine that the their incidents of back pain are probably a lot lower than western civilizations yeah yeah well i do it i made my bar class once do a whole bar class with a yoga block on their head it's really difficult to balance yeah. a block on your head and walk um but that just shows good control of the whole of your back and your neck and it's it actually really really does work i know it's a kind of an old-fashioned thing to do but it's, it does work yeah well, well paul check does it as one of his um, techniques an exercise coach but he uses a like a small lead weight i think it's called a diver's weight oh, and, um, and put that on your head and when you're doing um lunges or you're doing squats keep the weight balanced on your head because it's also a feedback tool to realize um where your posture is going wrong because perfect movement emanates from perfect posture as he says doesn't matter Mm. what you do if you have good posture it's going to make the movement better just like health if the six foundations are in place it's going to make everything else better that's yeah same thing so talking about the six foundations because um as holistic coaches that we are um of course, we wouldn't just treat somebody's back pain with just movement, would we? We'd be looking at all the other stuff because things like um, sleep, that has a massive impact on back pain. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're more likely to put weight on, you're more likely to suffer from um, depression and things like that. And that can really build up in your system. And I always think that the more that the stress builds up, it it shows in, in places like your spine, because that's one of you, possibly one of your weakest links, isn't it? So nutrition is key as well. Like I've just said, women's back pain can be driven by bowel and bladder dysfunction. So bowel in particular, if, if you think about it, if you're constipated, 
where is your bowel situated? And if that is not getting emptied on a regular basis, then it's going to be pushing on places where you might not necessarily want it to push. So um, nutrition is key. Hydration is key. All of these things, what I always say to my um, class members, you know, if you're not correctly hydrated and you've got a bad back, it's just the worst thing to do because your body will take um, the fluid if you're not giving it enough fluid it takes it first out of the vertebral discs so they lose their sponginess so they're 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 not being able to do their job as shock absorbers and also then it takes it out of the stools waiting in your colon to um to be eliminated so you've got poo water flying around in your system and your vertebrae are less spongy so you don't want that to happen right yeah that makes your back pain sound like the worst of your problems to be honest (laughs) Are the least of your problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you and, poo water and you your rigid vertebral discs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point you make about the six foundation principles. If you if you're not hydrated, then yeah, there's going to be that sign over your fluids just going to be more viscous and it's not going to help your spine move like it's meant to. And nutrition's a big one. There's a a really complex um, term called viscerosomatic inhibition. Oh, which that sounds like a good one. Yeah, which basically means um, something going on in your organs, which you feel pain somewhere else in your body. Like, you know, if people have a heart attack, they get pain in the left arm. Yeah. Well, you can have um, really bad lower back pain, but it could be coming from your from your digestive system because they, they share the same nerves and the same neurological loop. But your organs don't have pain receptors, but your back does. So mm. if you're running on the same circuit, your, your body then feels pain in your back just but only only because you kind of feel it in your organs because they don't have the pain receptors so it's like you get pain in your left arm with a heart attack but it's, it's nothing to do with your left arm it's your heart it's yeah. the same for your for your lower back for instance if you're if you're allergic to gluten or you you know what i mean you're, you're really constipated you feel it in your lower back but it's really your digestive system that's in pain so it's mm-hmm. called viscerosomatic inhibition i think they should really give it a more um, catchy title. A more catchy title because it really does make sense. It does. People get it all the time. Yeah, they, they get they have bad kidneys and they feel it in the shoulders and things like that. Um, what's know, that? I've, I've got a good example for you because I've just had a recent client who um, she came and did. She's been doing Pilates with me for years, by the way. So it wasn't like a sudden thing, but it was just after a lockdown. We got back to it and we were on the reformer and that, and she couldn't lift her leg up like. We've been doing Pilates for years, but she had had like a six month break and she couldn't lift her legs up into tabletop. She could lift one up, but then she couldn't lift the other one up and she was in loads of pain. Anyway, I thought it was a bit weird and she didn't think anything of it. Then the next day she was putting her grandkid into the car and she got really massive back pain. And anyway, the back pain got worse and worse and worse. She rang the doctor because you can't get an appointment with a doctor at the moment to see a doctor. So she rang the doctor and the doctor said, have you done anything? She went, yeah, I've done Pilates. He was like, oh, of course, then back pain. So it's, and he's more painkillers. And I was like, it's not, there's nothing that we did that would have caused that. We hadn't done anything. And she's been used to doing it. So it wasn't like we were doing anything that she couldn't do. Anyway, it went on and on. She lasted about a week and apparently she said she was in that much pain. She finally demanded to go and see the doctor who instantly looked at her, saw that she gave her a blood test and she turned out she had kidney stones. And it there was the back pain was from her kidneys. Yeah, because the kidneys so, can't actually, there's no pain receptors in the kidneys. Yeah. 
So it goes to the muscle and the ligaments and things, which is on the same nerve ending, yeah. which will have been the, the lower back. So her back pain, which was getting blamed on my Pilates, <laughs> which it's I knew wasn't. Stones. Well, it's kidney stones. Yeah. Um, so, so if you look after the six foundation principles, even if you do have like a, an actual physical problem, it's going to make it healthier. If you're well yeah. slept, well hydrated, eat well, positive thoughts, that's not going to make your back pain worse, is it? No, no, because... No. And stress as well has a massive impact on back pain because that can really, if you're stressed, it can, what's it called, De- actively sensitize the system. Um, so it becomes a super vigilant system. Because you're inside um, a flight. Yeah, so you, your back pain will um, be triggered massively by stress. So actually controlling your stress will make a massive impact upon the type and the frequency of back pain. That's one of the first things I do with clients, hydration, stress, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> even, even things like just taking 10 real deep diaphragmatic breaths, just relieve a little bit of stress and getting that, getting the, the diaphragm moving correctly is going to yeah. allow the spine to flex, just even flex and extend and move a little bit more healthily. And even that might just ease it a little bit. So it's, yeah, there are some circumstances. The spine is very complex. We kind of get away from that, but, even some simple things can bring you a little bit of relief before you get to see a specialist. Maybe it doesn't cost you anything to breathe or drink more water. Yeah. So, so give them a try first, but um, we've already mentioned there are plenty of exercises, which you can do, which are really friendly for the back in general. Mm-hmm. So should we go through a few of them? Yeah. Like you say, in general, if you, uh, unsh- if your back pain has just come on suddenly and you're not sure why, like you haven't had a fall or a twist or anything, then it's always best to, get it checked out by a GP first just to make sure there's no underlying things there but if you know that you've got um, like a chronic long-term low-lying level of back pain then you should be okay to do these exercises but if in doubt always get it checked out first like I say my client with kidney stones then you know there's other things lots of other things that come that are going on that could register in your back so it's always worth to just get it checked out first we just need to say that first. yeah what was that word we we um, had the research before we came idiopathic. On yeah, idiopathic, which means that most back pain comes from like there's no specific event. It's not like you've fell off a wall or you've someone bumped into you and you hurt your back. Most of it just kind of comes with with time and it just develops over time. So like it's that's why we have to go back to not just doing the exercises and getting a diagnosis. You have to correct your lifestyle. If it's sitting too much, then you need to stop sitting as much, really. You can do all the exercises in the world, but you're probably not going to relieve it 100%. Yeah. It's kind of like, that's kind of like putting the, the bucket under the, the faulty tap. You have to fix the tap eventually and stop it getting bad. So, um, so yeah. So what's your top exercises then to alleviate back pain? Okay, so I'm going to come at it from a Pilates angle. And I know you're going to come at it from a, a gym angle. So between us, <laughs> we should have some good exercises here. We should have all angles covered. All angles should be covered. So my first one is pelvic tilts, actually, because um, and, uh, and the other day I was teaching in a class and I had loads of people, well, not loads of people, but three people with pretty with back pain um, in that class and all we were doing was pelvic tilts standing standing pelvic tilts and pelvic circles and the ones with back pain were all going oh 
<laughs> every time we did a pelvic circle, a pelvic clock, and then went the other way. So even though like little movements like that just seem so simple, like we do them as part of the warm up in Pilates, we do every class, do pelvic tilts, forward and back, circle round. I'm doing them now, but you can't see. Um, so you can imagine listeners. And then um, the, if your back is fine and well oiled and everything is well, these exercises will just feel like you're not doing much. But if you have got a bad back, you really feel how those exercises are, are working. So very minute movements. This, these are also really good. I always say to my my people with bad backs that if you ever stand and don't stand still, be shifting your weight side to side, doing weight shifts all the way around, big circles, pelvic tilts. Maybe not. In the queue at Tesco's, you wouldn't want to start tilting your pelvis backwards and forwards, but you know, just shifting your weight, doing anything that you can get to transfer. You know, it's all about those um, getting the circulation and the good blood flowing through. So, pelvic tilts, pelvic movements, they're all good. You can lie on the floor on your back and just flatten your back to the floor and tilt up, but the movement needs to come from the pelvis. Yeah, I bet you see a lot of people make the mistake of them moving the knees and moving the shoulders as opposed oh, just to going just, like this just the and hips. Back, yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you said, that can feel or look very simple, but the effectiveness is in the simplicity. Yeah. Trying to isolate the hips and get that lower back, uh, get that rotation in. Um, this is one like I need to do a lot more. Oh, it feels really nice when I do it on a Swiss ball as well when you sit. Yeah, Swiss ball um, is good, yeah. I've got some kind of anterior pelvic tilt, so doing this, it really does help. And even though it feels like you've only moved your body or your, your hips or your spine a couple of degrees, that's all it takes. And it feels like someone's got in there and stretched your whole spine out. I mean, it's a tiny movement, but yeah, take my word for it. It, makes it, it a does big work. Difference. Yeah. yeah, so that's my first one. What's your first one then, Dan? Cool. So yeah, like I said, like you said, I'm going to come from more of a gym angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose this the first one I'll say is more kind of Pilates and rehab. So it would be the prone cobra or back extensions, mm-hmm. which is for people who don't know what that is, you kind of, you're lying on your front and you're going to get your hands into external rotation and lift your chest slightly off the floor. So it's just getting all those posture muscles down the, the middle of your back. So think of those big erector spinae muscles and the, the multifidus, those big muscles right down either side of your, your spine, get them to switch on. Those are the ones that keep you upright. But when we sit all day, they just turn off and we just slouch. Mm-hmm. So just doing the reverse of slouching all day, as in a prone cobra, that's a really good back exercise. And it might seem really simple, but try and hold that for a minute or two minutes. And someone like me who needs to strengthen those muscles it just feels like agony, but kind of in a good way, because all those muscles turning on, you realize that's what they're there for, and they just need to be woken up. And it's it's a really difficult one, I find, but I imagine your Pilates crew are a bit better at it than my gym crew, because it's kind of more of a postural thing. But yeah, it's really, really effective. I would say that my Pilates crew are good at it, but they don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not, not an enjoyable one. It's no. a big part of... Um, of coming to a Pilates class is doing the back extension section and I would possibly say that it's the least favorite of the sections in a class yeah. I always leave it till the last minute and then they know they've got the stretches and the relaxation just after it so it's all good um so in a similar vein then I'm going to go for supermans which is very similar to yours 
It's a back extension exercise. You're lying face down on the floor, but your arms are straight out and your legs are straight out, or you can take them out like a star, a star angle, and just lift one arm and the opposite leg and lift that off the floor, hold it for a couple of seconds and then down and then switch sides. Exhale as you extend, inhale as you lower. And that was really good. It's very similar to yours. Yeah, but you can kind of make that one into a bit of a zone exercise as well with the breathing. Yeah. So inhale on extension and then go on both sides as well. So it can, it can take your mind off as opposed to the cobra. It can take your mind off a little bit. The cobra is just that static just torture, there, yeah. whereas this, the alternating Superman, there's a bit more <laughs> movement, a bit of breathing it takes your mind off it. So I'd always prefer to do that. But yeah, they both have their advantages. But very yeah, similar. Very similar. Yes. So which one's yours then? So next up, I would say is one of the best exercises with regards to weightlifting in general. But I think just health in general is the deadlift. I mean, mm. you've come to the gym and you've done deadlifts before. and I love deadlifts. Yeah, something very primal and and just it's good to just lift something heavy off the ground. It's so it's <laughs> yeah, so it is. ancient and it's just kind of brings something up on you. It's and it couldn't translate to everyday life anymore, just picking something heavy up off the ground. And what it does is it exposes your weakest link as well. So if you have a, a bad foot or a bad thumb or a bad wrist in the deadlift, it's going to show up. If mm. your biceps are way stronger than your triceps, it's going to show up. It's kind of a, a diagnostic tool. Um, it's, but, uh, yeah. but it is, but obviously lifting a heavy weight off the ground, you're going to need that spine to work effectively so always start off light and get your, your technique built up first yeah when you get good you're going to build your core you're going to build your spinal strength and build coordination throughout every muscle yeah and it's just really good i agree with that with um deadlifts because it just feels like you're doing something good <laughs> for yourself doesn't it you know like it just when you get it right when you get the technique right it is such a good exercise but I would say that if you are going to try and do deadlifts, you need to someone who knows what they're doing to teach you the technique in the first place, because that's the hard. I think it's one of the hardest exercises to teach um, the bend pattern because you do need your stick out on people's backs for that because people tend to round their back and lift from the upper back, don't they, or their shoulders, where it's it's got to come from the posterior chain, the butt and the hamstrings and the big muscles to lift. What I noticed when I first started deadlifting was pelvic floor. Gosh, you need your pelvic floor in place to be able to do a deadlift. Uh, there is no doubt about that. So like Dan said, just start off light, lighter than you think. Then that lighter than you think you can lift. That's always the rule, isn't it? Go a bit lighter, then get the technique nailed and then go start going through it. But yeah, you can do them with a kettlebell. Um, you can just do bend pattern, can't you? Just without anything, just to get the technique right. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets classed as a gym exercise with a barbell, but mm. really it's just picking something off, off of the floor. They do it in strongmen, world's strongest man, but they use the big atlas stones instead. Yeah. Just picking something up off the floor. Well, people do it every day. If you've got children or like a baby, you pick the baby up off the floor. You pick the shop one up off the floor. You know, if it's... Um, if it's hot like it has been a day and the dog's just slouched on the floor, I might pick the dog up and get the dog out the way. <laughs> Why are they called deadlifts, you think? I, just, I don't know. Uh, I think Why it's because the, the weight comes from a dead start. 
So uh, there's no momentum. You have to pick it up from a dead start. I could be wrong, but in my mind, that's that's what that's it is. Fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Or I might have killed many a man in its time. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, deadlifts. But the big um, the big thing there is definitely technique is key on deadlifting. Um, my next one is shoulder bridges. So I would move on from pelvic tilts to shoulder bridges. So lie on your back, knees and feet in line, bent knees. Uh, push through your heels, tilt your pelvis and slowly lift your back up off the floor into a bridge and yeah, then slowly the, back down. Yeah, I like a bridge. Articulation of the spine. Yeah, because I've already said as well that I've got that slight anterior pelvic tilt. So mm. you can kind of really incorporate it into that bridge position and kind of roll the lower spine down yeah. vertebrae at a time. So that kind of, yeah, that plays into it. I've got an anterior tilt as well, and it's really hard sometimes to, it takes a few goes, doesn't it, before you can actually articulate your lumbar spine out of that tilt. Yeah, because your body goes to a position of strength and familiarity. So it wants mm. to just revert back to the to the tilt. So really controlling and working those muscles, it's um, it, it's key. The reformers really fixed my, fixed that for me. Yeah. Made a huge difference. Yeah, cool. So next up, my one is, we'll go with chin-ups or pull-ups. Oh, God. Oh, uh, so, yeah, so, so this is quite an advanced exercise. <laughs> yeah, and if you can do them, it's a really good pull exercise. Again, there's something primal about grabbing yeah. hold of something above your head and pulling something up. So essentially, it's just, it's just a climbing, a way of climbing. But if you kind of do a full pull-up, there's loads of variations you can do. One of them is called an inverted row. So you can do these on the TRX ropes. So you would grab a handle in either hand and just keep your feet on the floor and just do a bodyweight pull exercise. Pretty much the opposite to a push-up. That's kind of what I would describe it as. But it's working your biceps. It's obviously working your core. It's working those big latissimus dorsi muscles. And it's just pulling yourself. So either a chin-up or an inverted row. And again, I like it because it's just bodyweight, but it's that primal just how your body likes to move and again it, it requires your forearms it requires core strength and coordination so in a gym environment i think chin-ups and inverted rows are a, are a must so i think what you're getting the idea of here as well folks is that we're not really focusing just on the spine are we it's the whole structure that needs to be strengthened not just the bit that's in pain um there's a theory called surrounding the dragon isn't there dan where um if you have say your lower back is in pain you can't move it because it's really painful you would still be able to move your arms you'd still hopefully be able to move your legs so we do some exercises around that area of pain maybe not even moving that area but moving the bits around it and by by doing that it's pushing the blood and the good circulation and everything through the injured part so via they're still getting a bit of a workout just via the rest of the body yeah and there's a there's another theory called isolate then integrate as well mm -hmm. so you could do something like for me doing the the pelvic tilts that's isolating the lower back particularly where the pain would be and it's getting the it's kind of really nailing in where where the issue is but then also you need to integrate that into everyday movement i can't just sit and do pelvic tilts for a whole hour as a workout I might start off with pelvic tilts, but then kind of really keep that posture as I'm doing a chin-up. So isolate, then integrate, because there's no point in just isolating the problem, then not be able to do it in everyday life. 
yeah it has to translate over so and of course pelvic tilts are so important for squats lunges that kind of stuff so they're kind of the gateway to all the other stuff um is it my turn for exercise yeah um my next one's cat stretch so on all fours tuck your head under stretch like arch your back like a cat and that really helps to extend the spine out and um create space which yeah, this, in my mind that's kind of what i would call the horse stance is mm. that what we're thinking of horse stance but it's arching up like that oh right right yeah okay horse stance is a bit more dynamic where you move horse, your arms and yeah legs. horse stance is where your back stays still but you're moving your arms and legs this right, one pushing right. through your hands arching your back head t- head tucks under tailbone tucks under then you can go into reverse yeah i mean you've probably noticed nearly all of these don't require any equipment maybe the deadlift Mm-hmm. but everything else is just body weight yeah so there's kind of there's no excuse no excuses yeah but saying that my last exercise is jill's favorite ever exercise in the <laughs> gym environment oh, it's yeah. called a single arm cable pull so i'll let jill i'll let you take it away on this oh one oh my <laughs> god why this do you like this my, one so much th- this is my favorite exercise i don't know it just feels good doesn't it it's just it's a primal pattern isn't it it's a twist pattern and is it a twist pattern? Yeah. Well, it's twist and pull. And pull. And lunge, yeah. Uh, it's everything. It's everything. <laughs> it's everything to me. <laughs> it means everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a good... I don't know. I just like... I like things. I think I've got a good twist pattern. I've always been good on twisting. <laughs> My husband would say that. Yeah. But sure. I've always been good at twisting exercises and I just really strong laterally. Um, and I like it. I just... Uh, it is it's a favorite of mine but you can really feel that it's working in the right places as well yeah it's quite therapeutic this one as well if you do high reps you can kind of get your breathing right and it's Mm. a very kind of nice flowing movement so just to describe it to the listeners you would um, you would have a kind of a weight or a a handle in one hand which would lift weights with but you get into like a lunge stance as if you were on a skateboard or a surfboard and you're essentially just pulling the weight back as if you were kind of starting a lawnmower or pulling your arm back to throw a ball. Mm-hmm. But you need to control the weight as it goes back in towards the cable as well. But there's something just really therapeutic about pulling that arm back. you bending the knees, twisting the hips, using the biceps to pull it back. Everything just works in conjunction. And obviously you oh, do it both sides and it just... I don't know. Sometimes you almost forget that you're lifting the weight when the technique really... You get into that floor state. And it's lush you'd never done it before had you and as soon as we started doing it at the gym you were just happy to just do them for like an hour i just went into a deep state <laughs> <laughs> um, we do them sometimes in bar class where we attach the resistance bands to the bar oh yeah do like a pull of the resistance band and like get your other arm going as well oh i love it i love it it's just so good so good for you yeah, so that, that's my final exercise, but I think, yeah, I've realised how much you liked it, so I'll save it until last. <laughs> um, my last one is thread the needle stretch, which we do in Pilates. On your knees, on your hands, fingers facing in, and then turn your palm up on one hand and thread it through the opposite elbow and then open out. I'm doing it now. Obviously, listeners, you can't see. Dan can see what I'm doing. So if you want to, if you don't know what thread the needle stretch is, then you need to come to one of my classes or get one of my class recordings. Um, it's such a good stretch, particularly for the upper back. 
Uh, women have a lot of upper back problems. That's where women tend to have, um, especially as you age, because that gets really weak in the mid back. And um, that's when women start to lean forward a lot. You know, you see a lot of older ladies with a hunched back. Um, so doing things like thread the needle stretch really keeps the mobility in the spine. Because that's what the spine, you're not really, you're strengthening the structures around it, but the actual spine as well, you want the mobility in there too, before you strengthen it. And thread the needles are a really good way, especially if you've been sat at a desk all day. You could actually do it at a desk, couldn't you? You just stretch through like that. Obviously, they can't fail. Yeah, Jill, <laughs> you keep doing this, but it's, it's very visually dependent. It's really hard to explain <laughs> exercises. <laughs> I'm used to people being able to watch me do them. Yeah. But yeah, it's a twist pattern underneath <laughs> and then open out and twist as far as you can. Yeah, so if you did any of those exercises or all of those exercises, really strengthening the spine, particularly the pull pattern and the bend pattern, they kind of, in my mind, they go hand in hand, that posterior chain, so the muscles mm -hmm. down the, the, the back of the body, yeah, often get neglected because there's a there's a term called mirror muscles, which I think I'll probably notice in the gym a little bit more than a mm -hmm. Pilates environment, where particularly men just work the muscles they can see in the mirror like the, the pecs and the, the abs and the quads. But there's a whole posterior chain at the back <laughs> there, which, which the you back. can't see, like the, the calves and the glutes and the hamstrings and the back. So you need to strengthen them. Otherwise, it's just going to pull you in a terrible posture and then probably lead to injury, which means you're not going to be able to work those mirror muscles anymore. But and they're it's the just, ones that hold you up, aren't of society. they? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. They hold you up. And sometimes just having good posture can make your physique look even better than just having huge pectorals. So, exactly. And yeah. um, one of the final ones that we haven't really mentioned is walking gait pattern. One of the best things you can do for your spine is to walk freely, use your arms, swing your arms, because then you're getting that rotation through, that gentle rotation. Make sure you're like a brisk walk so that you're getting a bit of heart, you know, your heart's rising, getting a bit out of breath. That's one of the best things you can do for a bad back. Yeah. 20 minutes a day. So easy. If you get outside as well, you're getting fresh air sunlight you're getting some nature you, you just can't beat it no and even you better go. when you've got a dog apart from if the dog runs away or pulls you over <laughs> then that can hurt you back <laughs> but yeah so those are our things so look after your foundation principles sleep nutrition hydration in particular for a bad back stress management breathing we haven't really mentioned breathing but breathing is key for a bad back um, releasing off the diaphragm doing those nice diaphragmatic breaths that Dan spoke about that can really help to release off and of course that helps with stress management which then helps with bad back so it's all got a good knock-on effect yeah and like anything or anything health related prehab is better than rehab so an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure don't wait until you've got a bad back to start doing these exercises. Just do them now and you probably prevent yourself from getting a bad back because, yeah, you're probably going to end up spending money on a therapist and, and being in a lot of discomfort, whereas it's quite easy to prevent. Yeah, yeah, and a bad back, um, it doesn't have to be for life. Yeah, th yeah, that's a good point. There's, there's definitely hope. You're not just lumbered with it. Um, lumbered. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a point <laughs> intended. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there is hope. There is hope, and there's there's exercises, there's stretches. It, it can often be really simple. It can be a little bit more complex, like it could be something to do with your diet, or there could be a structural issue. But you 
like you said, you're probably not going to make it any worse by eating better, sleeping better, drinking better, and doing some of these gentle exercises. So I'll give it a go. I don't think you'll make anything worse by eating better, sleeping better. No, exactly. Better. Yeah. yeah. So listeners, hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, do let us know if you have suffered from back pain and if you've tried any of the exercises. Of course, you can always come to one of my classes or go and see Dan in his gym, his your, your gym, <laughs> where he works, and um, get someone who knows what they're doing to assess you in the first instance and make sure that your technique is right, especially if you have got a back injury, because um, you can start to um, do some patterns of movement that aren't quite right, and you might not even realise that you're doing it, so it's always good to get corrected um, in the first instance. Learn it correctly the first time, and then you won't have to relearn it the next time. Yeah, what's what's that builders saying? Measure twice, cut once. So it's kind of like just do it right the first time. Yeah. Because it exactly. takes ten times longer to unlearn a faulty pattern than it does to learn a correct pattern in the first place. Yeah. So that's why coaches, skilled coaches, come in really handy. Just learn it correctly, then you can do it well for the rest of your life. But if you learn it incorrectly, that might be the root cause of your back pain because you didn't <laughs> learn correctly in the first place. So exactly. yeah, good point. Okay. Guys, um, thank you for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, my website, Podbean, all around and everywhere. And um, yeah, don't forget to pass the pod and leave us some feedback. That will be good. Cool. And we'll see you again for another episode sometime soon.